0: to the Last Gen Podcast, brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, welcome back, everybody. What's going on? How is it going with you? I'm doing great. My name's Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Last Gen Podcast. I'm so pumped to be on with you today. Today's going to be a good one. I mean, I don't think I'd come on here and tell you that today, you know what guys, today's actually going to be a crappy episode, so you might as well just get off now. So of course I'm going to say today's going to be a good one. Um... Yeah, welcome. If this is your first time listening, I'm 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 glad. I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of pre- preliminaries, a lot, a lot of the times. Um, that was just me clicking on the lights. Um, I'm sorry if you hear some background noise or you hear some uh, AC going, but I am in Texas. I'm in Houston, Texas, in the spring, uh, and it feels like summer, and so and the humidity is at like 90 percent. So I, I, I don't love you enough to not turn on the AC. I'm very sorry. So if it sounds like the AC is playing or going, it is because it is. Um, two episodes ago, I made the mistake of starting the podcast in the car and not turning the AC on because I didn't want it to damage the sound quality, and uh, I paid for that dearly. My shirt paid for that because I sweat right through it, and it looked it looked pretty odd as I'm like I'm like sweating bullets, like talking into a microphone, and I'm the only one in the car um pulled up in some random cul-de-sac. So, you know, I'm not in a cul-de-sac today. Today I'm actually in the um parking lot of my apartment here in Houston, Texas, my temporary home for those of you that don't know, I am no longer living in Virginia Beach. No longer. Alex does not live there anymore. Um so, I can't believe it's only been a week. So we just finished our first week of sales um I mean God God showed up this week for me I mean in ways that I can't even like explain God is so good, man, I'm telling you I mean if I get on this and I get on like you know what I'm hyped up about in my spirit on on like God blessing, man we will never ever ever get off of it. God has really abundantly blessed me here in Texas and uh, just want to give him all the all the glory for that. So, yeah, here in Houston, and uh, I don't know. I- I'm doing great. Are there any any announcements? Yes. Good, good, good catch, Alex. Okay, so I don't know if you knew this, um, and by the time you get to this podcast, I don't know if they're going to be sold out. From what I know, let me just check. From what I know, here are the numbers. If you were not on the last-gen um, Zoom call, that we had like two weeks ago with Evangelist Preston, uh, April 12th, if you were not on that, we released something that um, was pretty huge. We dropped our first ever line of last-gen merch. That was very exclusive to the people that were on there. We gave them first dibs. um, And so if you weren't on there for that, you kind of missed out on the first dibs. Um, But, recently, just this week, we launched it out for everybody. But the catch is... um, it's so limited that that uh, you know i'm not i, I can't guarantee anyone else, anyone's going to get it but we still have some shirts left by the time you're getting to this i don't know i'm not sure what you want to do is you want to check shop.miracleword.com shop.miracleword.com uh, we just released what's called night is coming uh, line of merch i'm pumped about that man it looks so good it looks so dope i wish i could show you on this audio podcast but those shirts look amazing. So I'm excited to get mine in the mail. I know a lot of you have already gotten your last-gen shirt in the mail. Um, they just they just look dope. We've already sold. So we only did a limited series drop um, because, you know, we're cool like that. It gives it an exclusive feel. And it is exclusive, okay? So we just did a limited drop, and uh, it looks like... By the these might be old numbers, but it looks like we only have a few left, and we only printed a few in a few sizes. So, here's what I would do if I were you, man. I would go on shop.miracleword.com, look for the night is coming shirt. It's the coolest green shirt, dude. Looks great. Um. And um. And see if we have any left in stock. If not, I'm sorry. Um. We will be coming out with new merch. Don't worry. That is not the, the only piece of merch. That's just our first ever drop. That's gonna that's gonna be. Listen, in like five years, when we have like last gen conference or whatever, I'm I'm not making promises. I'm just I'm just looking into the future and and seeing what might be a possibility. If we have last gen conference and we all show up, and w- that's gonna be the thing. That's gonna be the metric by which we can uh, tell who's the OG. Like, like I'm gonna come up to you and be like, "Dang, you have that shirt. You were there. You were there in 2022, man. Wow." Anyways, we go way back. Anyways, let's let's jump into today's episode. So yeah, shop.miracleword.com. Check it out. If there are some left, grab that immediately. If not, I'm very sorry. You missed it, and that was because you were not connected with our Instagram, the.lastgen. No, the.last.gen. The dot last on Instagram. And if you missed it, that's, that's because you're not connected to the Instagram. That's what I've been telling people. So what have I've been telling people like this since like the beginning. Follow our Instagram. Follow our Instagram. And of course, you get texts. Hey, are there any more? No. So follow the Instagram. Go check now. If there are more, you are a lucky person, my friend. Alright. Let's jump into it today. The title. Um, I don't know if I'm going to include the number here because I might add some. This is just what's been on my spirit. Um, It's either three immediate actions to take when you feel discouraged or it's just immediate actions to take when you feel discouraged or what to do when you feel discouraged. So those are three. I mean, you can see the title on your your phone right now or whatever you're listening on. But that's, in my mind, where we're going. I, I have a direction, guys. I know. I know. I was just telling my friend. Um, I know you're surprised to hear this, but I actually do have, like, a direction that I, I like to go in the podcast. I don't just, like, randomly start recording. Though I don't always have notes, I have some idea of where we want to go. Today, I want to jump into it. It's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm really feeling this in my spirit, and it's going to be a short one. So, la- last week, we covered, um, we, we did a, a part two of dating We covered dating again. It was called, is he or she the one six qualities to look for in your future spouse? That was about an hour long. The other dating one was about an hour long um, because, I don't know, I was just very passionate about the topic. Um, Not to say that I'm not passionate today about this topic, but I believe we can get to this in a shorter amount of time. You believe that with me? If you believe that, shout amen. All right, let's get to it. What to do When you feel discouraged. What are you to do when you feel discouraged? What do you do when, and and I'm speaking directly to youth right now. I know, I know my audience. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not putting this out of your grasp or something that's never gonna happen to you. The devil always likes to discourage God's people. All right, you have to understand this is a foundational understanding that you are more than a conqueror. That's what the Bible says. Those who are in Christ are more than conquerors. You have the victory. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come at this with an understanding. I have the victory. Not I'm going to get the victory. Not eventually we'll see the victory. How many know you're going through a rough season, but you're going to see the victory. No, I'm not going to see the victory. I see the victory. I'm going to see a victory. No, no. no. I see a victory. I don't only... uh, I don't only expect victory. I walk in victory. Okay? Victory is your position as a believer. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down as a foundational belief before we get into this. Write this down in your notes. Victory is my positional birthright as a child of God. Or write it like this. Victory is is my position in Christ. You have to understand, you are not a broken, defeated uh, person walking through life, looking for scraps. You have to understand this from the perspective. I'm not a beggar. I'm not a loser. When when Christ died, I I died with him. But when he was raised, I was raised with him. And when he was seated, I was seated with him in heavenly places far above all principalities' powers and rulers of this world. Ephesians chapter 2. Understand that you are more than a conqueror. That's your position. Now, knowing that, knowing that, am I going to am I saying that the devil will never attack? I'm not saying that the devil will never attack you. You know, that's one of the the biggest people get mad about word of faith. You know, these people teach that you can always have victory. But are you saying that the devil is never going to attack you? No, that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is I have the victory. If the devil tries to attack me, I the victor that the fact of that doesn't change. If I have the victory before an attack, just because I'm attacked by the devil or something goes wrong doesn't mean I'm I'm dethroned from Christ's throne. That doesn't change my position in Christ. Okay. So we have the victory continually. But I want to go through. What do you do when the devil tries to make you feel discouraged? Because the devil knows he cannot take your victory from you, he can only get you to lay it down yourself. All right? And this is in any aspect of life your healing, your your prosperity, your peace, your joy. Your victory in all aspects of life. He cannot go up into heaven and steal your victory from you. He cannot go up into heaven and steal your prosperity from you. He cannot go up into heaven and steal your your joy, your peace from you. So what does he do instead? He works by discouragement. He wants to make you believe that you have lost the victory. Because he can't take the victory from you, He tries to make you believe that you're defeated. And in turn, a defeated person is always going to act defeated. And he does that by discouragement. The devil always does that by discouragement. There are going to be times in your life where the devil will try to make you feel discouraged, but you have to make up your mind. Am I going to allow this to change my position in victory? or am i going to abide by the word of god and not change a thing i want to read you a uh, a perfect text for this that's going to you're going to understand what i'm talking about in a second this text um it's funny when when preachers do this when <laughs> it always makes me laugh when a preacher like a well-known minister will minister on a certain topic all right he, he, he teaches, like, let's say he teaches about prosperity. He teaches about something specific, okay? how to keep, Let's say someone, some well-known minister teaches how to keep your healing or whatever, all right? And then some lesser-known minister gets on live, our Instagram live or podcast or whatever, and they say, hey, this has just been in my spirit. I don't know why the Lord laid this on my heart. It's like, no, the Lord didn't lay this on your heart. You watched that minister, and now you're copying his message. All right? So that always bugs me when, when people say, I don't I don't know why the Lord has me on this. I do. I know why, because you just finished watching the, the, the minister talk about it, and now you just want to preach that. So I'm prefacing that because I'm going to let you know ahead of time. The reason that this uh, passage is in my spirit is because I heard not only um, my uncle just now teach on it and teach on what do you do when you feel discouraged, but also his, his cousin, uh, evangelist, pastor Jonathan, uh, read this, read this passage and taught along the, along these lines. But I want, I want to teach this to you because especially when you're a young person, it's so easy to get discouraged as a young person. You've got, I mean, in the natural, in the natural, it's not easy being a young person. In the natural, it's not easy being in the weirdest phase of your life, making the biggest decisions of your life, and having only a limited amount of resources, a limited amount of freedom, and a limited amount of, uh, you know, like, no offense, but a limited amount of cognitive uh, production. Because your prefrontal cortex is not fully established and fully developed so in the natural it's easy to get discouraged and it's easy to get discouraged now in our generation the devil loves to make you feel discouraged whether it's through a bad report from the doctor whether it's from uh friends who've turned their backs on you whether yeah some social thing that's that's an easy one that's what that's what people feel discouraged about all the time Well, you know, nobody really likes me at school, and I've got no friends, and I'm lonely. How about this one? (laughs) Staying on the topic of dating. My girlfriend and boyfriend broke up with me, and I just feel like, I don't even know what I'm going to do without them. The devil will love to make you feel discouraged. Like you can't do it anymore. You ever hear someone just go, I just can't. I just can't anymore. I I just can't. I just can't do it. I just can't. Can't what? I can't. The devil will love to make you feel like you just can't. But you've got to make up your mind in that moment. As soon as the attack comes, I mean even before the attack comes. That's why I'm that's why I'm teaching you this. Before the attack comes, you have to make up your mind that not one thing is going to change my position in victory. Let me read this to you. Like you think you got it bad, you think you think you're discouraged. Let's let let me read you this passage of scripture. Second Kings chapter 19, and we'll start in verse 8. Well, you know what? I'll summarize here. All right. King Hezekiah is the king of Israel. Okay. He's the king of Israel, and an opponent, an uh, opposing king, an opposing army are looking to take them out. And in the natural, it looks like they have every ability. This this force has taken out surrounding nations. He's taken out surrounding armies. And he's trampled them and left them desolate. And now they're turning their sights to Israel. Hezekiah is the king. And this is what the opposing king said to Hezekiah. He wrote him a letter just letting him know that listen bro in a moment we're going to attack you and you're not, you're not going to have any line of defense we're going to destroy you and you're going to be the same as all these other nations so you know that's pretty bad let me let me read you what the letter said now the king heard concerning uh uh concerning Tirka Tirka ter- 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 king of Cush, behold, he has set out to fight against you. So he sent messengers to Hezekiah saying, all right, this is what the message said. This is what the letter to Hezekiah said from the opposing army. This shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah. Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the king of Assyria has done to all the lands, devoting them to destruction. And you, and and shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them, the nations that my father destroyed? Gozen, Haran, Rezeph, and the people of Eden who were in Telesar. Sorry. Where is the king of Hamath? The king of Arphon? The king of the city of... Not even going to... Nope. The king of Hena or the king of Iva? So basically what this guy is saying is, Hezekiah, we're going to attack you. Don't let, don't even think for a second that you're going to be different than all these other kingdoms. And he said this, he even started attacking God. He said, don't believe that your God is going to be able to save you. Don't even believe for a second that your God is going to be able to save you. And he goes, Look at all these other nations. Their God wasn't able to save them. So why do you think your God is able to save you? So that's some serious accusations, not only against Hezekiah, but against God. So he gets all of that in a letter. And what does Hezekiah do? You know, most people would start having a panic attack, uh, you know, clench their chest and die. That's some serious discouraging information. Just so you know, in the morning... I'm going to burn your city down, take your wives and your children, and leave your land desolate. And just so you know, your God isn't able to save you. You know, that's not exactly good news. That's not exactly the email you want to open open your phone to. This is what Hezekiah did. Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of the nations of the earth. You have made the heavens and the earth. So what does he do right there? Hezekiah gets the discouraging information. He gets the bad news. He gets the thing that should have thrown him into a panic attack. He gets it. He brings it before the Lord, spreads it out. And it's always funny, my uncle, when he preaches on this, He always says, Hezekiah said, Lord, you've got mail. Why? Hezekiah realized that his problems had to be God's problems now. Understand that. Hezekiah didn't post on Instagram. He didn't post on Twitter. Guys, did you hear what they said about? No. What did he do? He immediately brought it before the Lord and said, Lord, look what they're saying about you. So we'll take it back. Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord, spread it before the Lord, and Hezekiah prayed and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of the kingdoms of the earth, and you have made the heavens and the earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear, open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations of their lands, and they have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but works of men, men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand. That all the kingdoms of the earth may know that oh, that, oh, Lord, you are God alone. Immediately after receiving discouraging information, Hezekiah didn't panic. Hezekiah didn't uh, tell other people. He didn't tell his wife. He didn't tell his friends. He didn't try to get advice. What did he do? He immediately went to prayer. here's the first point. There's three points. What do you do when you feel discouraged? What do you do when you feel like you can't hear the voice of God? What do you do when you you feel you just received a bad doctor's report? What do you do when you hear bad news in the family? What do you do when it looks like you're going broke? What do you do when in the natural, there's no reason for you to to even go on. What do you do when it looks like you can't even continue? Number one, immediately praise. Write that down. Number one, immediately praise. What do you do when you feel discouraged? Number one, immediately praise. Look what Hezekiah did. He didn't just jump in to, uh, to prayer. He didn't receive the letter and go, Lord, help me, help me, help me. He went to the temple of the Lord, laid it out, and the first thing that he began to do is he began to praise God for who he was. I mean, that sounds counterproductive. If the if Sennacherib the king is coming to invade uh Judah in only a matter of time, why would Hezekiah waste time? He's not, you know, it's not like he was doing it as a pleasantry. It wasn't small talk before he got into the to the main issue. What did he do? He didn't start asking requests. He didn't start praying and asking God, Lord, you need help? Us he immediately started praising. Hezekiah prayed before, before the Lord and said, "Oh Lord God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made the heavens and the earth. He's praising God for being the greatest. Why? Because I want you to write this down. Why did he do that? Why do you praise? Because what you magnify will become bigger in your own eyes. How how many of you have been in church services where uh, the worship leader will get up and he'll say, "All right, I want everyone to stand to their feet. Let's all magnify the Lord. All right, let's all magnify the Lord." People who are new to the faith or whatever, they might not know what that means. What do you mean, magnify the Lord? That's in the book of Psalms. Magnify the Lord with me. What does it mean? It means make his name great. Or make your own view of him great. How do you do that? Praise. When you praise God. And you you tell God how big he is. How great he is. How able he is. How mighty he is. How nothing compares to him. Then all of the other things look small to you in comparison to your god one of my favorite worship songs right now you know i always tell people i love to to be trendy and and stick with like this new generation to reach them so i like like really trendy um worship songs um one of my favorites currently was written in 1809 (laughs) it's called um turn your eyes upon jesus I don't know if you know this, I'm not a singer, but it goes, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Okay. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his his glory, or look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace Understand something when you praise God your problems look small So that's why you don't immediately jump in to prayer Let's say you get a bad doctor's report You feel discouraged because the people at your school don't like you you feel discouraged because your family members uh, aren't responding to the gospel you feel discouraged because you're, you know, you shared your uh, your heart to live for the Lord and your parents don't agree. Instead of feeling discouraged, what you should do immediately, not, not pray and ask, immediately, praise God. And I don't mean, and I, we've been over this in this podcast, I don't mean do a little seeker sensitive, lift your hands at half mast, praise you God, thank you. No, no, no. When you feel discouraged, when the devil tries to make you feel discouraged, and he says, there, you know, this is this is never going to work out. You're never going to have your healing. You'll never be uh, be prosperous. You're never going to have more than $100 in your checking account. You'll never be able to go to that school. You'll never be able to do what God's called you to do. You'll never be able to preach. Your family will never be saved. All that you have to do immediately after you hear that in your mind from the devil Just start singing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I mean, think about that. Immediately, when you hear the voice of the devil try to discourage you, put on some African praise music. Literally, I've done that before. The devil says, you'll never have this. You'll never be able to do this. It's too big. You can't do it. You're going to be broke. I just turn on the song. All the other gods... They are the works of men, but you are the most high God, and there is none like you. And it's like, once you're done singing that at the top of your lungs, I can't even imagine how you could feel discouraged for one moment. When those African dudes, if you watch the music video, they're they're jumping around with their tambourines and with their clarinet, whatever, you know, their horns. All the other gods, they are the works of men. But you are the most high God, and there is none like you, Jehovah. You are the most high. You are the most high God. I mean, just singing it now, I can't help but smile. You can't help but feel encouraged. You can't help but feel like you can take on all of hell. Because when you praise God, you're actually entering into his presence. Enter my gates with thanksgiving, into my courts with praise. That's what God said. I'll, or in, in the book of Psalms, I'll enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. What did Paul and Silas do immediately when they were thrown into prison? In the inner dungeon, there was no help, no hope of getting out. They might They might have been executed in the morning. What did they do? Did they start crying? Did they start telling their friends, telling the other dungeon mates? Look what's happening now start complaining that's what most people would do start complaining that your friends don't like you start complaining that nothing works out that i'm broke start listen i can't stand when people make like what they they call it like they they write it off as self-deprecating humor but like when something bad happens they go oh it's prob you know it's probably cancer get you know they feel they feel just a slight bit bad they feel like a a lump or whatever oh it's probably cancer my luck You know, with my luck, they get down. They're in a financial problem. Oh, you know, I'm broke. I can't do that. (laughs) I'm broke. Just saying that. Did Paul and Silas do that? Oh, we're going to die in the morning. No, they were shackled in the inner, inner dungeon with no hope in the middle of the night. They started saying, all the other gods, they are the works of men. But you are the most high God. And there is none like you. They just started praising God. They had every right to feel discouraged. But they started praising God instead. It's a choice that you have to make. You're not going to feel like it. There's, listen, not one bone in your body is going to feel like dancing to African praise music when you you get a bad report, when nobody likes you at school, when you feel like giving up. Not one bone in your body is going to feel like singing. But we don't walk by how we feel. We walk by principles and we walk by faith. So instead of feeling discouraged, lift your hands. Cl- lock close and lock your door and just start dancing. You know, people they think I'm joking when I just say when I say start like dancing. I'm not joking. It's not a choice to dance before the Lord. I'm sorry. It's not if you want to be a, a sad, solemn, uh, emotionless person, you pick the wrong religion, you should go be a Muslim or something. That, you know, bow down, put your face before you, between your knees, and just uh, utter groanings or whatever that make no sense. Just, uh, sad, I don't know. But in Christianity... We know that we have the victory. So when the devil tries to tell you you don't have the victory, just start thanking God and praising him that the opposite is true. Thank you, Lord, that I'll never be sick. Thank you, Lord, that this, that, that you said with long life you'll satisfy me. I'm too young to die. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not, I'm impervious to the attacks of the enemy. Start, start confusing your enemy. One of the things that praising like that will do is confuse the devil confuse those around you if the devil launches an attack at you I want like first of all just think put yourself in his shoes what would the devil want me to do right now in this moment if he had his way what would the devil want me to do he'd probably want you to cry he'd probably want you to to just say I can't do it anymore probably want you to turn on sad music. My boyfriend broke up with me. Turn on driver's license. I got my driver's license last week. It's like we always talked about. I was so excited. Finally drive up to your house. But the dad. I... That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to feel defeated. But immediately when that feeling comes on, you've got to immediately know, this is from the devil. I'm not putting up with this crap. It should be like a reflex. If something comes to discourage you, immediately lift your hands and just praise God and thank him. God, you are so good. I thank you that you're bigger than all of these things. And I thank you that you're willing and able to deliver me from all these things. So, number one, you begin to praise God. Number two, number two, let's pick pick up from where we left off. So, he started praising God. And in verse 16, he said this now. Once he's done praising God, he said, Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent. To mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste to the nations of the lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods but works of man's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, save us from His hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone are God. What's the next thing you do? Number two, what do you do when you feel discouraged? Immediate actions to take when you feel discouraged. Number one, praise and thank God. Number two, cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord. Many people quote this verse. 1 Peter 5, 7. It says this, Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. And I think many people You know, in the ESV, it says, cast all your anxieties upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Many people misquote and misunderstand that verse. Someone will say, you know, well, cast all your cares on him because he cares about you. No, that's not what the verse says. And it's a big difference. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. What, write that down. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Not he cares about you. You say, Alex, what's the difference? He cares about you. Is saying like, you know, I love you. But that gives someone the impression that God loves us through the hard times and he'll let us go through the hard times to refine us. But at the end, he still loves us. That's not what the verse is about. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares you. A better way to put that would be, cast your cares upon him, for he cares instead of you. Write this down. God cares about my problems so that I don't have to. Man, that gets me excited. God cares about my problems so that I don't have to. He cares in my stead. That's exciting, because it's instead of me having to worry about it, me having to think about it and care about it and mull it over in my mind and try to make a strategy, try to make a plan the Bible says cast it to God because he'll care for you isn't it, isn't it encouraging to know that God is up in heaven taking care of your problems not he cares about your problems, he takes care of them And if you're still worrying about your problem, the chances are you haven't casted your cares upon the Lord. So if you're still if you're still in an anxious state, if you're still... First of all, I don't know how you could be after praising God. I, It's impossible. But if you're still thinking about the problem, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this debt. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to go to this school. My parents said this. The friends don't care about me. Doctors said this. If you're still in that mode... It means you haven't cast your care upon the Lord. You're still worrying about it. I don't think people understand that the verse, do not worry about anything, is not a suggestion, it's a command. That's Jesus speaking. Do not worry about anything. Do not worry about anything. We say, how do I cast my care upon the Lord? Look what Hezekiah did. He prayed. He told God the problem and he made his request known. That's how you cast your care. I'll give it to you very practically. Fin- Let's take a financial problem. You feel discouraged because your bank account's low, and you know what God's called you to do, and it requires money. First, you praise him. Thank you, Lord, that you're bigger than all of these problems. Thank you, Lord, that you hold all the silver and all the gold. You own the cattle on a thousand hill. You are the God of prosperity. You are the God of more than enough. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I thank you, God, that you have everything that I need. You're my supply line. I thank you, God, that you hold the answer to all my problems. So you begin to praise him. Then you begin to make your requests known then you say lord and you can be honest with the lord you don't need to like put it in a religious uh a religious like prayer like lord come before you and we just we request that you don't have to like make up things a simple prayer in faith will outdo a religious prayer in unbelief every time Financial problem comes. Praise him. Then say, Lord, I'm asking you to help me out. I'm asking you to supernaturally supply me with what you... And then, I mean, you can even get... I've been honest with the Lord about this. I've done it when when I came short, $1,000 short when I was doing the crusade that the Lord told me to do. He told me to do the crusade. I did the budget, it came out to an amount, and I and and then God brought it in because that's what I set my faith for. But then I realized, uh oh, there's another thousand dollars in, in, in the budget that I didn't account for. And you think a thousand dollars is not a lot until you know you need a thousand dollars and you don't know where it's gonna come from. I could have just thought, and, and the crusade was in like ten days or like or like less less than a week. I could have just been like, Lord, I you know, I just don't even know. I started to praise God. Then I started to make my request known. I said, Lord, you called me to do this. You told me to do this crusade. And then I said this. And and I learned this from Kenneth Hagan. He bought a uh, a he wrote a sm- small book. It's called How God Taught Me About Financial Prosperity. And he taught people to pray like this concerning finances. First of all, devil, get your hands off my money. Second of all, ministering spirits, angels, go and bring the money to me. That's, that's what he taught. So I did the same thing. I said, Lord, you called me to do this. You told me to do this, and I believe that you're going to supply all my needs. You're going to supernaturally bless me for doing this. And there's not going to be one bit of lack. I thank you that you're bringing in the money now. I thank you that you're speaking to someone now. I thank you that the no matter what way you bring it in, that all of the bills will be paid in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to bring in the money. I did that. And then what I did, as just a reminder of faith, just to rub it in the devil's face for making me feel discouraged about $1,000, which should not feel like a lot, I took out a scrapbook piece of paper I and a $100 bill. I put the $100 bill on top of the scrapbook piece of paper. I traced the $100 bill into a rectangle, and I cut it out. And then I wrote on the blank piece of paper, I wrote myself a check from heaven, a $1,000 bill. And on the back, I put, in God, I trust. And that's it. I put it in my wallet, and I acted like I had it. Number one, praise. Number two, make your requests known. Cast your cares on God. And then number three, which could possibly be the most important thing. One preacher said this, the biggest battlefield in faith is not when you pray. The biggest battle you face in faith is the time between when you pray and when you see the miracle happen because you can pray in faith and then and then switch out of faith and just go on you know full on unbelief for weeks and weeks and that'll cancel what God's trying to do don't be like like James says like a wave tossed to and fro by the wind double minded don't be like that once you pray in faith Once you ask God, then the third thing is laugh. Praise, cast your cares, laugh. Why do you say laugh, Alex? Praise, cast your cares, number three, laugh. You know why I laugh? Because laughing, it's it's doing two things. Laughing in the devil's face, telling him, Devil, you thought that you could make me feel discouraged for this small thing. I know God will work it out. You're laughing in the devil's face. Number two, laughing so the devil can see that, you know, his attack didn't work. It confuses your enemy. I'm telling you. It confuses them to see that you're laughing when they just launched a big attack against your life. They're pushing back. They're, They're giving you a hard time and you're just laughing. But number three, it shows God that you believe him. Because a prayer in faith cannot be prayed out of depression and sadness. Once you pray the prayer of faith and you believe that you have received it, Mark 11, 23, then you act as if you have it. So after I wrote that $1,000 bill, I acted like I had it. I didn't ask people for it. I didn't tell people I came up $1,000 short. I didn't tell people I don't know how we're... I didn't hint to people. I, I wasn't like you know, I don't know how God's going to do this, but I believe he's going to speak to someone. You know, that's just asking for money. You might as well just like take out a loan or something. I didn't do that. I acted as if, you know, faith is pretty simple. It's not a formula like, it's not a religious like formula where I can just like muster up enough faith and I just squint my eyes real hard. Faith is just acting as if the word of God is already true. Because it is. Faith is acting on the word of God like it's true. That's all that faith is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You haven't seen them yet, but you're acting like they're real. Abraham considered not his own body, which was as good as dead. He wasn't able to have kids. He didn't consider, he wasn't thinking about, oh, Sarah's uh, barren. I forgot, you know, I can't. he considered not, the Bible says he considered not the barrenness of Sarah's womb, but grew in his faith stronger and stronger and believed God. He did not waver concerning the promises of God. You have to understand, once you pray in faith, that's it. Smith Wigglesworth said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Write that down on your wall if you have to. Smith Wigglesworth, this is a quote from him, God said it, I believe it. That settles it. That's it. It's done. It's a done deal. Once I pray in faith once, it's a done deal. And now I'm going to act as if it's already true. How would you act right now if you just received your miracle? How would you act right now if your relationship with your parents was restored? How would you act right now if you were able to go to that thing that God told you to go to? How would you act right now if God spoke to you on where to go. He gave you clear direction and you didn't have to worry anymore about what you're to do after high school. What would you do? How would you act? All right, now that you have that in your mind, would you dance? Would you shout? Would you laugh? And instead of waiting to see it, do it now. That's what faith is. Acting as if the word of God is true. Even if it doesn't look like it. There's an old Pentecostal song that my uncle always sings at tent meetings. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Shout now. You've got to understand that I'm not waiting to see a miracle. I'm going to see a victory. No, I'm not going to. I see it now by faith and I'm going to act as if it's so. And then any time that the devil tries to bring that back up after you've like listen, very practically, this should not take a long time to do this. all of this. Let's say you feel discouraged. You're whatever it whatever it is with your parents, you know, your your friends, you don't hear the voice of God. Uh, it's sickness sickness or disease. It's poverty or lack, you look like you're going broke, a financial problem, a, mar- a relationship problem for, for the older people, a marital problem. It should be very simple. What I would do, I'm just going to be completely straightforward. I would get in my car and I'd map out somewhere that's like 10 minutes away, you know, 20 minutes, it doesn't matter. You could do this in five minutes if you do it in faith. You feel discouraged, get in the car, start driving. Start praising God in your car, alone. Start praising Him at the top of your lungs. Sing. Number two, make your request known. Cast your care upon Him. And then once you've casted your care upon Him, it's His now and not yours. You have to understand that. Once you cast your care, it's no longer yours. You've given it to Him. And He's going to take care of it. He fights your battles for you. And then number three, start laughing. I don't feel like laughing. Start laughing. That's it. And then once you get out of that car and you go back in your house, whatever, there should not even be a look on your face of defeat. Why? Because you believe what you just prayed is going to happen, has happened. So what's the point in looking sad? I mean, even from the natural, even from, I mean, forget if you, if you throw out faith and say, I don't believe that stuff, what is the point? Like what, this is what Jesus said, how by worrying will you add a single hour to your life? What's worrying going to get you to? It's the arrogance of man that causes people to worry because they think, oh, this problem, I can figure this out with my own natural mind. That's arrogance. You have to come to the end of yourself and realize, I know I can't do this in, in myself. So I'm giving it to the Lord because he's able to do it, and I'm not. Worrying is prideful. I don't know what I'm going to do. Forget what you're going to do. If it looks like an insur- insur- like insurmountable trouble, an impassable mountain, an impassable obstacle... There's no path. You know you can't do it anyways. So what's the point in trying anyways? Give it to God who can do it. How by worrying can you add a single minute to your life? You can't. So the book of Philippians says in chapter 4, it says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto the Lord. It's our final scripture, because it encompasses all of these three things in one verse. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. We'll start in verse, most people start in verse 6. I'll start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's not a suggestion, that's a command. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say rejoice. Let your reasonable reasonableness be known to everyone. I don't know, someone just came up to my car. I'm recording a podcast. I don't know what did he want me to do. He's like trying to get it to open the door. Sorry. Sorry, guy. Let's try that again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. This is what the Bible says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then what happens? And the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there's no need to worry about it after the fact. Once you've prayed in faith, it's a done deal, and I'm not worrying about it anymore. People shouldn't have to come up to me and say, is everything okay? I shouldn't carry that look on my face of defeat. Confuse your enemy. Just th- basically just put yourself in the devil's shoes. If I were the devil, what what would I want myself to do right now? What 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 would the devil like me to do right now? And then do the complete opposite. He want me to cry? I'm going to laugh. He want me to tell all my problems? I'm going to act like I have no problems. He'd want me to to shut myself away and not go out and just worry. I'm going to literally I mean think about this. The devil if he hits you with a financial problem, he would he would love you to bring all your resources in stop giving stop tithing i'm going to confuse my enemy i'm going to start giving more i'm going to st- i'm going to continue to tithe i've done that before continue to give just to rub it in the devil's face does that sound good i know i said it'd be short it's shorter than last week though amen all right guys that's three things three immediate actions you should take when you feel discouraged I think I've settled on that title. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you've given us the victory. I thank you that there's no weapon that's formed against us that's going to be allowed to prosper. Lord, anything that people are discouraged about, any attack of the enemy that looks like an impassable object, an impassable obstacle, I pray that you would clear it out. We thank you that you're the God. You're the only one who can do it. You're great and greatly to be praised. And we ask you to clear it out of their way. Mend relationships. Heal bodies. Make a way where there was no way. Give clear direction in life. And we praise you and thank you that you've done it already. And we refuse to worry about it anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. And it's done and it's done. Like I said, I love you guys. Thanks for sticking on. If this blessed you, I want to ask you to um, do something. If this blessed you, number one, if you have Instagram, check us out, the.last.gen. If this blessed you, take a screenshot, take a um, take a screen recording of the episode. Preferably not the part where I'm singing, please. And, and uh, post it to your story, tag us, and we'll repost you. Just helps get the word out. There's some people that are a little late, um, and they don't even know that we have this. So we do. So there we go. Does sound good? I love you guys. Like I said, check in on those shirts. Shop.MiracleWord.com. Shop.MiracleWord.com. All right. From Houston, Texas, signing off. Check back in with you later